Will joined the Thunderbolts prior to the 2015 season. He played in 44 games as the catcher for the Thunderbolts that year, and he returns to Windy City for his second season in 2016. I'm very pleased to have him with me today. Larry Balkwill, welcome to the Press Box. Thanks, Terry. Glad to be here. Uh, you are the first Canadian I've ever had on the air with me here, and as far as I know, you're the first Canadian who's ever set foot in this Press Box. I have no idea if that's true, but it might be. So congratulations for that. I, that's got to be some kind of honor for you. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. So you are from Canada, but you're from actually very close to the United States border. You grew up near Michigan. So did you grow up a Tigers fan or were you just by virtue of being in Ontario, did you latch on to the Blue Jays? I actually really liked the Yankees when okay. I was younger. I didn't uh, consider that one. It was, well, you know, I was like any other kid, you know, it's, uh, it's really easy to like a team that keeps winning World Series after World Series. Um, and then when I... Uh, when I went to college in New York, I really got to take it in firsthand on uh, how Yankees fans actually are. And that actually uh, kind of brought me back to the Tigers. So, you know, since then, I've been following the Tigers pretty closely. So, yeah, Tigers are my team. Yeah, that's funny. So you grew up near Detroit. I, Chatham, Ontario is where you're from. Right. That's more or less a suburb of Detroit, is it not? Um, it's in a different country, so I'm sure there's some, some differences culturally and everything, but it, it's less than an hour drive away, is that right? Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty much the only, the only real city, because there's about 40,000, 45,000 people, so it's the only real city within an hour drive of anywhere, because you have Sarnia, London, and Windsor, which is, Windsor would more be the suburb of uh, Detroit, but it's a lot of farm country, it's a lot of small towns kind of just spaced out around uh, cornfields but uh yeah it's it's within an hour so i mean you know you're close to the tigers you're close to the red wings you know i'm a big lions fan try to go to a couple games every year so yeah it's not it's not far at all you mentioned the red wings as well but you are not a red wings fan correct no no i am a heavy heavy maple leafs fan you're in ontario but you are a lot closer to detroit than toronto right Right, yeah. Toronto's about three hours away, where Detroit's only an hour. So why the Maple Leafs then? Is that just a, a, a Canada thing? You know what, Tara? That's a great, great question. I think I had an older cousin when I was young kind of got me on board with the Maple Leafs. And I, I kind of wish I would have listened to my parents because my entire family is Red Wings fans. I wish I would have listened to them because, you know, three or four Stanley Cups in my lifetime, That's uh, that would have been cool. But... Somehow I ended up liking the Maple Leafs, and it's been a rough 10 years, but they have the number one pick this year. You're in the rebuilding process. I have faith in the organization, so hopefully they can, get, they can be more like a Chicago-style team winning cup after cup rather than a Maple Leafs team not making the playoffs for 10 years. But yeah, a front-running front fan such as yourself who grew up in the 90s and became a Yankees fan, I would think would latch on more to the Red Wings. Right, right, right. I just, I don't know. It was, I, I was young. And like I said, I had that cousin that said, you know, why do you like, why, you don't want to like the Red Wings, you want to like the Maple Leafs. And I'm like, yeah, I do want to like the Maple Leafs. I don't know if I was going against my family or my dad or what it was, but, you know, ever since I was young, I've always been, I think growing up too, a lot of guys around me, you know, because I played hockey, um, a lot of guys were, it was in my area, it's pretty much either Maple Leafs or Red Wings, and it's kind of split down the middle. So I would say the Maple Leafs are more like the Yankees of, hockey especially in Canada like they have a huge fan base no matter where they play they're just not successful like the Yankees have been but yeah I think growing up the guys around me and that cousin I told you about that's just they got me hooked and I never looked back but you are a big hockey fan as we've established you were in Chicago last year when the Blackhawks won the cup 
What was that experience like for, I know you're not a Blackhawks guy, but just to be around that sort of thing oh, had to it, have been interesting. It, it's great because where, where I live, you know, it's, they're, you know, the Red or the Red Wings have had success, but you know, you're away from Detroit, you're about an hour away. So be actually being around all sorts of Blackhawks fans at a time where they went to the cup and wanted, it was an incredible experience. I, uh, it was very comparable to when I played for Quebec my first year because the Montreal Canadiens made it, I think, to the Eastern Conference Final, and I was there for uh, uh, the half of the first series and the next series, too, and they were winning. It was like, holy, they're they almost there. So it was, it was a great experience, you know, like uh, going downtown and seeing the mob of people. We didn't get to go to the parade or anything, and we missed, actually, the day where the cup came to the stadium I heard we were on the road that day but you know it was it was really cool for to be in the city and be able to see all the all the fans just going crazy for them all right we've talked hockey but I do want to get back into the focus of baseball obviously you've stuck with baseball throughout your life you're playing professional baseball right now when did it first become a part of your life and why did it stick with you the way that it has um well my my family has uh, always been big baseball fans my mom and dad both they they love the game, and I, I started playing. Uh, I actually played where my dad's hometown is, Leamington, Ontario, and I actually played there because my hometown didn't allow uh, – I wasn't old enough to play in that league, so I would I played like half an hour away in another league just so I could start a year earlier. Um, but, yeah, I just uh, – I, I, always, I always played baseball and hockey too, played both, um, and then just got to the point where I started getting attention – more so in baseball than hockey, and that's when I kind of said, you know, maybe maybe we'll try it out and really start taking it seriously and see what happens, and, you know, good things did end up happening for me. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I've also read that you were a star volleyball player in high school. I don't know about star volleyball player, but, yeah, I I played. um, Yeah, because high school volleyball is big for, for, uh, like, boys volleyball, Um, and my school was actually one of the top, schools in Ontario we always competed so we went to uh I guess it would be it would be comparable to all states we call it OFSA in Ontario but we it's a went, weird place Canada. yeah <laughs> but yeah we went to OFSA twice and it, I I think grade 11 was kind of when I peaked because grade 12 I was doing more team Canada stuff and I had to miss a lot of practices for fall ball baseball had started kind of controlling uh my weekends and you know I missed a lot of time but yeah, volleyball. I I had a, I had a lot of fun. That was one sport really where, you know, we we go because it was high school, and that was the only really high school sport that I played because my high school didn't have high school baseball. And it was great being able to like go to school with guys and hang out with them and be a part of a team setting. And yeah, I was I was all right. I don't know about star, but I was all right. You got the the right build for volleyball, I think. Yeah, I'm about I'm about three inches too short to play the position that I was playing, and I'm six four, so it's like. It shows you how crazy, and we had some guys that could really, really, a couple guys that went on and played uh, in college a little bit, and it was, they were, they were really good. It was kind of humbling because baseball, I was always kind of on the top scale, so when I got out there, I kind of took a look back and like really had to work on it getting better, but it was a lot of fun. You're a catcher primarily in baseball. I know you played a little first base this year, and I know you played some first base in college as well, but primarily a catcher, that's a position that most guys don't just fall into. It's a position that probably requires more work, maybe with the exception of pitcher, but more work generally than other positions, something you really have to focus on. And it's not something you can just slide into if you haven't done it before. So where did the focus on catching come from for you? Um, 
When I was uh, 14, 15, starting to play really competitive baseball, you know, my coaches were, and my dad too, they were kind of talking about, you know, what position I should focus on or whatever. And, you know, some guys talked about shortstop or third or third base or outfield. I, I never really was too quick. Like I wasn't really a real speedster for running. I, I worked on it and improved my running, but uh, catching was kind of where I had my focus because where, when I played baseball when I was young, we had only a certain amount of players that, not that the other players were bad, but to stay competitive, we kept certain guys in the middle of the field between pitching, catching, shortstop, and center field. And so I would get my time behind the plate. And I always had a good arm back there and could uh, throw guys out ever since I was young. So kind of just got together and said, you know, let's focus on catching. And, you know, if I end up getting moved later in my career, then so be it. But catching was just a position that you're you're never gonna you're never gonna regret learning how to play it because you know anyone that can catch and play another position becomes incredibly valuable at the higher levels. Did you ever play goalie when you were playing hockey? I'm sure there are some similarities between those two positions. <laughs> no, I never played goalie. I was a winger. I always wanted to play goalie, and I've kind of looked back and gone, you know, hey, maybe I should have strapped on the pads, but you know. Playing hockey in Canada is a big financial uh, financial commitment for parents, you know, and they, they make it as as easy as possible to play the game, but at the same time, it still costs a lot of money between the registration fees and the travel, and, you know, my parents' philosophy and my kind of philosophy is if we're going to pay that money, rather kind of would want to see me skating around with the puck rather than standing in net and... Uh, blocking shots but you know maybe maybe i sh maybe i should have but you know i i always enjoyed playing goalie and pickup games when i did but you know it, it is what it is i chose i chose the wing and that wasn't bad always something to shoot for later <laughs> in life as well out of high school you were drafted by the detroit tigers in the 41st round and uh, that's a later round in the draft but at the same time you're getting drafted by not necessarily your hometown team but a team that's very close to where you grew up that had to have been tempting to sign with the Tigers. You chose to go to Siena College instead. Take us through that process. How did you feel when you got drafted? Were you expecting that phone call? And what was the thought process like when you decided to go to college instead? Well, I got the opportunity to play for the uh, Canadian Junior National Team. So we did a couple uh, uh, big tours at Disney's Wild World of Sports where we played uh, teams, fall instructional teams, um, and then in the spring, we would play their extended spring training teams. And then in May, we went to the Dominican Republic to play the Dominican summer teams. So I got the opportunity to play against guys who had already signed, already on the, in the pro ball circuit at quite a young age. Um, and the Tigers were one of those teams that we played uh, in extended and in the Dominican. Um, but no, it was, it was awesome. It was unbelievable. I, I had gotten... A couple calls before the draft, and I didn't really, I didn't expect to go high. I didn't really expect to get drafted. I mean, if it happened, it, it happened. Um, but I got a couple calls on day two, and um, ended up uh, day three late. They uh, picked me up. I was actually at school, and uh, my mom called me right away because she was following it on the computer. And then uh, somehow, I don't know how the school got a hold of it, but they announced it over the PA and. Because, you know, in Canada, like, nobody nobody plays baseball. No, not and I mean, more now, but when I was young and where I lived, no one really played baseball. So for that to happen, it was pretty unique. So it was, uh, it was an awesome experience. And, you know, I knew it was a late pick. Um, you know, I talked to the scout. He said, you know, draft and follow, kind of wait and see how the summer goes. And I had a good summer. It was just, you know, I was pretty set on going to school because I needed time to develop and, 
get bigger and stronger, which I did. And, you know, it, it didn't go exactly as planned, but it was still, you know, I don't think, I don't think me signing at that time would have changed my career path drastically. Right. Cause the minors are, uh, minor league baseball is such a incredible, incredible commitment and it's, you know, it's tough to make it. So I don't, I don't regret going to school or anything. It was, uh, but it was awesome just to be, get your, get your name. I didn't hear my name called, but have your name called and get that call after from the scout. And, you yeah, heard it at least over the school PA system. I right? did. Yeah. 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 They, uh, they announced it right over and it was cool cause it was the Tigers. So a lot of people were Tigers fans. And now with the Blue Jays having success, like people are starting to really kind of get back into baseball in my area so a lot of people are tigers fans and i still get asked like you were drafted by the tigers i'm like yeah yeah it's like oh it's cool but yeah it was uh it was a great experience and i wish i think i should have appreciated it a little bit more but you know the guys i was playing with the guys out around it was kind of normal um but no it was great it was uh it was an awesome it was an awesome experience you're still kind of a hometown hero when you go back you're the guy that got drafted right yeah 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 i still uh i still get uh asked when i you know if i go out or see something like they still they still remember and it was a uh, you know they still do the little blurbs uh in the pa- in the local paper for like when i'm playing here and everything so there's still some people that uh are following me back home and you know it's uh you just appreciate uh anyone that follows me you know so you went to Siena College. Why Siena? Um, it was a good school. It was uh, close. I went to. It was one of my first visits. Um, I had uh, I had gotten a lot of attention in Michigan, and then I did a, kind of an East Coast uh, scouting circuit with a couple tournaments out there. And I talked to the coach. Um, went up there for a visit. I liked the feel. I liked the atmosphere. And it, for the big thing for me was I was going to get an opportunity to play as a freshman. I think I played close to. 40 games my first year, you know, cause you, you get better by playing and, you know, it was kind of, you know, I, I'm, I may have been able to go to a bigger school, but I definitely would have had to have bought my time and really, you know, waited for that opportunity. And whether you get it as a sophomore, junior, senior, you don't really know where Siena, I was able to play, you know, two full seasons and, you know, I got significant time my first two years too. So, uh, plus, you know, they gave me a scholarship, a uh, pretty good scholarship. And it was, uh, you know, I liked the school. It was a good fit for me. I, I really enjoyed it. I've got your Siena biography page pulled up right here on my computer. Uh, it says your major was history. You were an English minor, but your favorite class was finite math. <laughs> You're going to have to explain finite math to me at some point. Finite I, math. I don't know what that is. Finite math was the math class that they gave non-math majors to okay, take. Okay, so that's one that maybe I could have taken. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, we learned how to cut pies equally. We, uh, we did a math wrap that I don't think I remember for uh, bonus marks. And it was... I don't know. Yeah. I bet it's rattling around there somewhere. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. My, me and my buddy did it. He was a teammate of mine but it was it was one of the uh it was one of i had a good professor but it was one of the easiest classes that i took um my entire four years there so that was kind of an inside joke uh when i put that but it was it was a fun class that sounds like my kind of math class yeah, yeah. It's probably the only math class that's my speed what was Siena like for you? You talked a little bit about baseball, but off the field, how did you enjoy your college experience? Oh, I enjoyed it a lot. It was uh, it was a, it's a smaller school in D one or in uh, New York. It's a mid major D one. Um, there was a, we had a big uh, commuting population, so I I ended up living with my teammates all four years. You know, we had a house our last couple of years, and you really you really got to know 
kind of everyone knew everyone. So there were, there were a lot of people around and you just, you always had fun. You know, there was, uh, it was small. The classes were smaller. Um, so I got kind of the one-on-one -on -one attention and I feel like I really did get a good education through my four years. Um, you got a lot of one-on-one, -on -one, um, availability with professors. And the thing that I liked too, was that through the athletic department, you really got to know, Maybe not so much the athletic director or the president, but, you know, the assistant ADs, the student athlete counselor, like really created personal relationships with those people. And I ended up going back this past fall and you get to kind of see everyone again going, hey, what's going on? And it was, you know, they still remember you after those, you know, three years after I graduated, where at a big school, you don't necessarily get to create those personal relationships with that, with the staff simply because there's so many students. After you finished in college, well, I want to take it actually to something that's going on in the Frontier League right now. I don't know if you saw uh, news a couple of weeks ago from the normal Corn Belters. They had to forfeit a game because they were using a Canadian player mm -hmm. who didn't have the proper visa to play in the United States. You went through kind of something similar to that when you first started playing professional baseball in the States. You were supposed to go to the Pacific Association a couple of years ago, and it didn't quite work out for you. Uh, and I think there were some visa issues involved there. Can you take us through that process where you first got signed to play professional baseball and then suddenly you couldn't? Yeah, I was, uh, I was out in California where they saw me and uh, Bega was actually my manager out there. And Beeks told me that he wanted me to play for him, but, you know, had a couple things to take care of here before I got that opportunity. So I got on his radar, which is what I wanted. And, uh, yeah, he, he sent me out to the Pacific Association. I was getting my work, my worker's visa through that team, but it was a newer team and a newer league. And they, they didn't have the necessary requirements that, uh, the, um, government required to give out a working visa and the process just kind of got mangled because I wasn't ready. It wasn't, it didn't come in until spring training and the manager out there ended up getting, uh, moved or something. So it was, it was kind of a big mix up and it got to the point where, you know, they kind of just said, Hey, we don't, we, they didn't have anyone that had saw me play and they kind of just gave up on the whole process. And for me, I had to wait until that request Got it, not, it didn't get denied, but it didn't get accepted because they needed more information. So I was kind of in limbo until the end of July. So thankfully, I ended up getting picked up by Quebec because they're a Canadian team. So I didn't, I didn't need a, a worker's visa. And I got a little bit of playing time there and really got my first taste of pro ball. And I, you know, I really appreciate that organization for uh, picking me up and giving me that opportunity because if that didn't happen... I probably would have missed an entire season simply because the worker's visa didn't come in. But yeah, I heard about that situation with normal because I had a student visa my four years um, at Siena and I actually had a student work visa, but it only allowed me to work within the school and I wasn't able to work anywhere else because, you know, tax purposes, I'm sure. But yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a crazy situation, um, but thankfully it all worked out uh, the next year after. They, they got the visa through the Frontier League, and it all, it all went smoothly within a matter of weeks. So. I'm sure you and I could talk for a long time just about visa issues because <laughs> that, that's a conversation that could go on forever. But uh, I'll move on past that. That 2014 year had to have been a pretty wild year for you because you're in the California Winter League, and you think, okay... I'm about to start playing professional baseball, and because of the reasons we just detailed, 
you couldn't right away. So there had to have been a period there where you didn't quite know what you were going to do. And then you got the call from Quebec. Take us through getting that call and then your your first professional season. Yeah, well, it was actually, uh, I work at a facility in London, Ontario called Centerfield Sports. And I was training there, working there. And I had a, a friend who actually played against me at Canisius uh, when I was at school. And he was playing for Quebec and he reached out to me to catch some bullpens. And I caught his bullpens and he referred me to the manager of Quebec. So during that visa process, he, the manager of Quebec called me and just invited me out to spring training just to, he heard about my visa issues and he's like, uh, you know, you'll get an opportunity to get your work in, you'll get some at bats, just, you know, kind of get your training. And so for me, it was a way to still have spring training. Cause it looked like I wasn't going to make it to the Pacific association, uh, spring training. So it was when I was out there that I got a call from California saying that there were some issues and, they didn't really know what was going to happen. So I went back home kind of going, what is going to happen? You know, my mind, I was very flustered because I, I didn't know. And I was in contact with Biga, but, um, you know, the visa issues kept taking over. And then two weeks later, Quebec had an injury and they invited me back out there. And I actually got to be on the roster for almost two, two and a half months. And, you know, if, if it wouldn't, I don't know if I would have even uh, been playing uh, now, if I didn't get that opportunity out there to get a taste of what uh, pro ball is about, but yeah, it was it was a crazy time, but thankfully uh, it all worked out. And then you went back to the California Winter League after that season. You played once again with Ron Biga, and this time he offered you a contract. You came to Crestwood last year, and you were a member of the Thunderbolts for that whole year. Were you expecting that when you went to the California Winter League last year? Yes. Were you expecting getting that contract? Yes. Uh, Began and I had been in contact all through the 2014 season. He actually wanted me to come here, uh, but the visa issues kind of prevented me from there, and it got to the point where you know it was it was by the end of the season, it just wasn't worth it. But he had talked to me after the season and had said he wanted me to come out here and was going to give me a contract, and I I went to the uh, California Winter League again, just to get my work in because I didn't play a whole lot with Quebec and I wanted, you know, if you're, you have to play to get better. Right. So I wanted to, you know, make sure that I got out there and showed what I could do. And I ended up getting a invite to a Arizona, uh, scout day camp thing before spring training last year. So, you know, I, nothing's expected, especially in independent ball. You can't, you can't really sit on what, one guy says or what another guy says, you know, you have to go out and get it. And so I went out there for me just to, you know, make sure that I showed well and that, you know, I, I wanted to be a guy that Biga wanted on his squad. And so after, after that happened, I think I actually ended up signing a contract just before I went out there, um, in January. But yeah, I, you know, it was, I went out there just to make sure I got my work in and that, you know, just to show what I could do and that I wanted to, show that I wanted to play and be a part of the team. So you spent the full 2015 season with the Thunderbolts, and you got a pretty fair amount of playing time as well, appearing in 44 games for the Thunderbolts. Of course, the team didn't succeed quite as much as we all hoped, but overall it had to have been a great experience for you getting a full season of professional baseball and getting to spend a lot of time as a starting catcher. What was your overall impression of your first full season in pro ball last year? Uh, it was uh, it was definitely a learning experience. You know, like, like you said, the team... We had had some success. Uh, we had a lot of failure, though. I thought our team was better than our record um, really really showed. Um, for me, though, it just you know it 
it's 96 games and 96 games is a lot of baseball and it's you know that's a little bit less than what affiliated minor league teams play but like it's it's still a long season and for me it was good being with a team the full season you know going through the ups and downs and really learned a lot and I think the biggest thing it did was help me this past off season on how to prepare for another season because you know it's a lot of bus trips it's a lot of games and you you got to be ready to play every day um but you know it it showed it showed I think for me it showed what I did well on the field and it showed what I what I needed to work on, what I needed to improve. And, you know, I, I think I kind of looked in the mirror this off season and said, okay, this is, this is what I need to do to get better to, you know, have success, um, this season. And I think, you know, a lot of guys that were on the team last year, um, that are still on the team this year kind of came back with a, with a good attitude. Cause we, we were, we were confident in our team last year. Um, it, it kind of just didn't work out. So I think this year we kind of came in, you know, and a lot of the new guys too, kinda, everyone kind of came in with an attitude that like, you know, we're going to, we're going to get our work in, we're going to play hard and just, you know, control what we can control and see what happens. Take us through this past off season because you finished with the Thunderbolts last September. Did you know that you had a spot on the roster once again this year? And what was your mindset like knowing you're a professional baseball player now, this is your actual job and now you've got to find another way to spend the next seven months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I did know I was coming back. Um, so that, that put my mind at ease because the first, you know, it was the first time since I graduated baseball or I graduated uh, college that I knew I, I had somewhere to play the next year. Um, so for me, that was good. It kind of it gave me a little bit of time to relax, but then, you know, also gave me that motivation to, really work in the off season. I got to work with some great guys. Uh, cause like I said, I work at the facility where we have three, uh, three guys with big league time on staff and then three or four other guys that have significant minor league affiliated and independent ball experience. So for me, I really made a point of trying to learn as much as I could from those guys, take in everything I possibly could from all the, cause we, you know, we have there's there's another catcher that played in the big leagues. There's an outfielder. There's an infielder with big league time. There's a first baseman. There's a shortstop. So we kind of had a guy who played at a high professional level at every position and all different types of hitters. So for me, I kind of looked at the kind of player I am, the kind of player I want to be, and took what I could get from those guys. And they, you know, I owe them all the credit in the world because they worked with me all off season. You know, and I also got to work with a couple of younger guys that had just been drafted and were starting their professional careers too. So it was just, it was a good atmosphere. It helped me stay motivated. And, you know, I, I, I just, I'm just hoping that it kind of reflects this year. And I think it has early in, uh, early this season and, you know, just gonna kind of keep, keep to that same game plan. It's, it's a process. It's a long process. It's a long season, but just kind of keep keep my head on it and keep working to get better. Eventually your baseball career is going to end at some point you're going to have to start thinking about what comes next. So whether that comes next year or 15 years from now, do you have any thoughts about what comes next in your life? Uh, yeah, I have some thoughts. I try not to think about it too much because you know, if you're, if you're in the middle of the season thinking about the end of your career, it's not exactly the best mindset you want to bring to the field, but yeah, I, uh, I've got a couple ideas. Like I said, I work at the facility and I know there's a, there's a coaching job waiting for me, 
uh, when I'm done there. And, you know, I took a couple, I have my degree and I took a couple more classes this past off season. So, you know, just kind of networking, keeping my options open and, you know, waiting to see, you know, take it year by year. Cause people ask, you know, are you going to play next year? You're going to play. I, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, I'd like to play as, as long as I can, you know, it's everyone says, you wanna, you want them to force you to put the jersey down. They, they have to take the jersey off your back. And so for me, I don't, I don't think about it much. I do have a plan. I do have uh, uh, some options. I think when I, when I, ch- when I choose to be done playing. But you know, for now, I just, you know, I, I worry about today's game, and then when today's game, game's done, I worry about tomorrow's game. Let's look a little past the baseball field. Just try to get to know Larry Balkwell a little bit better kind of make it rapid fire here for the sure. next couple of minutes what are some of your hobbies off the baseball field um well, you know working out i love to work out i'm i'm always in the gym but uh you know i like to i like to read i like books i like uh i watch a lot of documentaries on netflix i i, I love netflix i think everybody loves netflix um you know i have uh I have the Xbox, and uh, I actually like a lot of classic video games, like N64. I, I, I not so much in the off season, but I do, uh, I do dabble in those. Um, I, and you know, I like watching hockey. I'm crazy about fantasy football. Me and uh, Cody Kiefer actually, uh, we didn't win the league, but none of the guys that won came back to the team, so we're gonna we're gonna take credit for. Uh, winning the league as far as any of the new guys know you won. exactly you know we finished of the, of the guys in the locker room we finished above them so we're gonna we're gonna chalk that one up as a win but yeah fantasy football and watching football every day just you know stuff like that all right you mentioned reading and you mentioned documentaries what's the best book you've read recently and what's the best documentary you've seen on netflix the best but i actually just reread all of the game of thrones books just i i that was i i love game of thrones it's just i read them like four years ago, I think, and I I wanted a refresher course for this year's uh, for this year's season because this season they're moving into new territory because the books aren't out. So I wanted to make sure I was refreshed on everything. So Game of Thrones would be the best book that I've read recently. What was the other question? Sorry, you mentioned the documentaries. Oh, that you watched on Netflix. Yeah, what's one of the better ones you've seen? Uh, Cosmos, a space time odyssey. That's uh, Narrated by Neil deGrasse Tyson, I I love that one. I can watch that one anytime. And uh, I actually just watched a PBS documentary on the Civil War. It was like a, it's like a ten part. Oh, one of my one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, just because when I when I studied because uh, I was a history major at school, so I had to do. I didn't focus on American history, but I had to take American history. And for me, it's not that it was new. I had an idea, but like actually studying it was the first time I had ever studied it. So we went in my two American history classes, we went from right before the American Revolution to the Civil War and then post-Civil War to modern day and completely skipped the Civil War. And I never took a Civil War class. And we, you obviously don't learn about the American Civil War in Canada, right? So I had never... Uh, never actually gone in and then i saw this documentary and i'm like yeah it'll be worth a watch and i actually really enjoyed it have you ever seen the baseball documentary in the, the similar style of ken burns baseball because that would be the next one then i would ken uh, burns baseball to. ken burns baseball it's uh is that nine, the Moneyball guy parts. no no it's like the, the ken burns baseball documentary for made for pbs about 20 years ago or so really it's good if you're interested in the history of baseball yeah yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to look in a that similar up. vein to the the Civil War one. Obviously. All right, yeah, yeah, I got a, I got a program on my computer, so I can uh, I can definitely look it up. 
All right, I'm going to get you out of here on this one. I'm trying out my new exit question right now. Uh, one of my favorite TV shows is Jeopardy. I don't know if you're a fan of Jeopardy, although Alex Trebek is a fellow Canadian. Yes, he is. Um, at the end of the first segment of Jeopardy, they come back from commercial, and Alex tries to get to know the contestants a little better. If that were you, and you were on Jeopardy, you had that one moment, you had one story to get across to Alex that you wanted the national television audience to see. What's your one story about yourself? My one story about it's myself. It's a story or an interesting fact an or interesting something. Fact. If you, if, I mean, right here, I've, I've given you a half hour basically to talk about yourself and, and let the listeners get to know you a little better. But let's say I condense this 30 minutes into 30 seconds. What do you want to say? Jeez, what do I want to say? I want to say that within the next three to five years, I think the Maple Leafs are going to win the cup. And that's a bold, that's a bold, bold statement. Um, I, it I is bold, and we I now have it recorded, so <laughs> we can we Hey, can you heard it, it here first. Um, I don't know. I th- it would probably be the getting drafted story, to be honest, simply because that's probably the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. Um, I could talk about, you know, the, uh, the, the total wine brawl we had when I was 14 years old playing hockey, but... Other than that, I don't know. You you put me on the spot. I don't think I have oh, the one whole that thing. can. That's, uh, the, that's the point to put you on the spot. Oh, jeez. No, that's fine. I think you've you've uh, you've given us some good information. I won't push you any further. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right, Larry Balkwill, Thunderbolts catcher and sometimes first baseman. Thanks a lot for joining me and spending some time out of your your game day preparation to talk with me here in the press box today. Good luck to you the rest of the season, both individually and of course, good luck with the Thunderbolts as well. Thanks a lot, Terry. I appreciate it.